Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Dijam Penegrahi, co-founder of Gridraster Inc., about the growing use of augmented and virtual reality. Let's take a listen now. Just to kind of start the discussion, um, I know there was a recent survey from Global, Global Data that found augmented reality is the now the most disruptive emerging technology, displacing artificial intelligence. Does Gridraster maybe have any insight into maybe what has enabled this change or what has increased interest in augmented reality technology? I think uh, one of the one of the key things um, definitely has been the pandemic. <laughs> okay, so that's that's been uh, one of the uh, good things overall for the AR and VR industry that has happened, not necessarily for the entire world. Uh, uh, but what, what what has happened is uh, you know this people. It was not a question about that augmented reality and virtual reality being um, relevant or not. Okay. It was always, uh, it was throughout, like whenever from the day it kind of started, everybody realized that it is absolutely relevant. The problem with any new technology, if it really needs to kind of scale up, people need to adapt. That actually requires two things. One is relevance. The second is urgency, right? Mm -hmm. So what has happened, this pandemic has provided the urgency because now people realize that, the businesses realize that, in order to continue the business they want to kind of do it here is a tool which is next best thing to you know being physically there right and being able to kind of utilize that to kind of overcome the the challenges that has come because of the pandemic because of the non-travel because of all that is kind of going on remote work all of a sudden you had this two uh, important components of the cocktail, which is required for you to kind of scale um, any new technology that is relevance and urgency. And that is what has happened. Mm. So, and that is one of the key reasons why you are seeing uh, that the uptick has been um, something that would have maybe taken five years has happened over the last five to six months. Okay, all right. And so maybe could you go into a little bit more of like what benefits augmented reality could provide and um, just how it could maybe be utilized by companies, maybe specifically on the engineering or design side or manufacturing side of things? Absolutely. I mean, this is where like our focus has been on that um, automotive, aerospace. uh, So that's primarily all. Uh, what you see is manufacturing the whole cycle of the product life cycle. And in fact, what is happening is this is what we are kind of seeing, right? Uh, earlier, uh, some of the, um, from an AR and VR technology perspective, what most many of those companies were doing, they were kind of taking pretty isolated effort, okay? For example, in order to kind of boost the sales, uh, maybe auto industry, like companies like Audi and all, they were actually looking at retail points where they're 
providing their uh, uh, their customers the experience of you walking into a retail store and then wearing your uh, VR glasses and then kind of going through all the customization that you want to do in the car. Okay, you may not have physically the car that exactly you're looking at, but you can actually configure everything in VR. And you can actually take that into a drive in, in on a ride also, maybe to a mountain, to to a beach, or in anywhere, right? I mean, the whole customer journey, the whole experience of kind of taking a call. So we had seen those pockets of um, you know those innovation that was happening in AR or VR being kind of utilized. What has happened is now with the pandemic. The operational aspect, which was kind of earlier decoupled, because for, for in order to implement any new technology in the operational aspect, you want to ensure that the, the technology and everything kind of works perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and easily easier for any company to kind of put that little at the back seat and try to do something which is like decoupled, like that sales event is a decoupled event. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the design engineering aspect of it, which you know many of these auto companies and aerospace companies have been kind of doing it, but that was again decoupled. It doesn't really affect your day-to-day operational pieces. But with the pandemic, what has happened is they're forced to ensure that their operation runs smoothly really adopt this technology. Now, how they are they doing it? So at multiple levels, first and foremost has been training. Okay. So you need, uh, you, you have this, um, uh, you know, uh, people, new, uh, new people coming in. Okay. And now since earlier you has to have, you had those physical spaces, you could bring them in and, you know, train whatever you want to do. But all of a sudden with all the restrictions around the, your remote work, not, being able to take too many people together uh, and all that restriction kind of was a big, uh, big, big, uh, uh, what a limitation in terms of the way they wanted to scale and have this new people being kind of trained versus, you know, what was the capacity that was available and with the restriction, it was a huge uh, problem. Now, the, the good thing is with, with VR, what you can do now do, you could be, I could be sitting in uh, at my home, okay, but I can, I can actually wear a headset and pretty much do all, all the kinds of, act, whether we're talking about um, kind of repairing a certain component of the aircraft, or we are talking about, uh, you know, understanding a manufacturing process, how certain operation needs to be kind of handled. So anybody, whether they are in operational side or on the repair maintenance side, now they can actually in VR go through this whole and training process. Okay. And all that you can actually do remotely. And that when you come to our operation, it's not, you have already kind of developed all this muscle memory. You are so comfortable with those whole, uh, uh, you know, how you're going to use those um, uh, machinery, uh, how are you going to do your uh, operator, your tasks? You're so much more comfortable. Okay. So what has happened is the, the gap they were seeing in terms of, you know, people lacking the skills. And now instead of lacking, they have been able to kind of elevate it further. Now you are seeing instances where, uh, people who were, you know, um, it, it, it took them like with the with the traditional way of training. It used to took them. Uh, it took them maybe uh, six months, one year to really ramp up well. Now they could do that within two to three months. Okay, and then back that with when you are there in the actual operations shop floor in a manufacturing uh, shop floor with the augmented reality glasses. So it always because you are now wearing those glasses, it is always 
readily, it can give you all the information that is required, right? You don't have to go back to check and manual or anything, right? It will, all those details that you want would flash right in front of you on this on the screen. It can also guide you step-by-step. Step. Let's suppose I'm doing any, uh, let's suppose I'm doing a nestle wiring harness of a big aircraft and I'm not able to figure out, okay, how do I fix this um, you know, particular cable? If I do anything wrong, um, you know, it will flag the, the uh, because you have the application which is looking at everything and they tell you, okay, follow this, do this, do this, do this. Now by doing this, what has happened is you don't really need to have experts flying all the way from some other place to come in and fix an issue. Mm -hmm. So even in novice, they being there and since you're being kind of guided at an expert level, you can fix that problem. And in, let's assume for some reason, it is still there is something kind of um, not uh, being fixed, but the field technician who is trying to fix that um, uh, cable wiring harness can always give a call within this AR environment to an expert who could be remotely anywhere. Like I could be fixing something in maybe San Antonio and actually the expert is sitting uh, somewhere um, um, in maybe let's, let's suppose in San Francisco. Okay, you can still kind of leverage the expertise of the expert and go and fix that problem. Mm -hmm. So both at a training level and, and also at the, the operational level. So AR and VR being kind of combined and more, they have now been looking at more a strategic level instead of isolated um, efforts, which was earlier going on. So that has been a big, big change. And that's why you'll see more and more companies have been able to kind of see the value and there is a now completely real plan. How do they really leverage it across the product life cycle? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so how um, has, has the technology itself for augmented reality also evolved? And maybe has that helped in any way with it becoming a little bit more of a quote unquote disruptive emerging technology? Uh, yes, definitely. So, well, with the with the whole, you know, from a augmented reality or virtual reality, both point of view. So, there are multiple components which is kind of evolving. One, you have this this hardware components, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have devices. Within those devices, you are getting more and more, uh, you know, sensors uh, into those devices, right? Now, I can track my eyes. I can. I can, you know, with all these different haptics, different gestures, all like more, you are moving more towards those capabilities are allowing you. So I, you can track your hand. If the technology can track my hand clearly, you, you, you can pretty much mimic all, you don't have to do controller buttons anymore, right? You can do the way you do, you, you basically operate in a real environment. I grab something, I plug something, I push something. Now the system can actually recognize all that and translate into the necessary activities, right? So, so there is a development that is happening on the device side, which increases your uh, resolution level in terms of the visual realism. Okay, there is also in terms of different sensors allowing you to kind of mimic the whole real environment that is happening. And third key component in that is you are able to more and more you're seeing that we are beginning to kind of leverage the capabilities of the cloud, the whole network, the whole edge computing infrastructure that has been laid out. And that's where we play a pivotal role there, right? Mm -hmm. that, by leveraging the capabilities of the cloud now with AR and VR, and uh, even there is a there's an AI component, at least the part that we do. I mean, there's 
of course, like you, there are many AI machine learning algorithms that run specific to different application, but from a visual angle, like the AI, um, you know, which we do is the 3D AI. So the, our ability now to take a virtual object and seamlessly blend into the physical world as if it, they are indistinguishable allows you to do lot of, you know, a lot of tasks, which earlier you couldn't do it. So all this advancement that is happening at cloud, um, at the device, uh, visual, uh, the, the hardware level and sensor level, yes, they have all come together to make this whole media more and more effective. And some of the use cases which were earlier not possible are now being possible. For example, like uh, just to even cite one example, we can pretty much, because you can now overlay the virtual objects very precisely on the physical world, you can pretty much kind of detect any defection on its own without any manual intervention, because you know with your 3D world that how things should look like. Now you have a physical asset in which you overlay that and your system figures out the deviation and it points you, points you out here are where the defects are, which was not earlier possible. I guess maybe just the last question I had was maybe how you guys see augmented reality and or virtual reality technology in general evolving in the coming years? Do you foresee it continuing to just um, be more of a dominant player in various industries or how might the technology itself continue to evolve and advance? No, yes, um, uh, I mean, we are obviously the firm believer on the on this technology. That's why <laughs> we have this company. But irrespective of just just let's go with you know how the data points are being set up. Okay, As a, so for example, I, I don't know if you're aware about um, the the twenty two billion dollar contract that Microsoft got uh, from um, uh, the army uh, mm -hmm. for using the. Uh, they, they call it IVAS, which is, uh, uh, you know, integrated visual augmented system. It's nothing but a combination of AR and VR. And there, there is also a component of the cloud that is there. Then there is AI that you'll be leveraging over top of it. So, so this, it's just, just, um, you know, kind of validates like the, the effectiveness and this, they got this big deal based on, you know, the $500 million contract they had gotten previously and the results of those that POC or the pilots that they did with the 500 million was astounding. And that's the reason now you see there's a, there's, they're kind of, the army is ready to spend $22 billion on it. So we have like companies in aerospace and defense, the ROI, for example, just to kind of cite some examples, okay? Uh, with one of our customers, uh, they have been using augmented reality for, you know, uh, assembling of very large um, uh, machinery. Okay. What they have seen that using AR, they were able to reduce those, um, you know, the labor effort, the production effort by 85%, 85%. Uh, just think of it, right? Um, and and is there a reason why they wouldn't scale it? Absolutely not. Now they are kind of looking to scale it. Now the question is how, when you scale it, what, how does that infrastructure look like? And that's why we, we are there to kind of scale, make that scaling possible. Similarly, on, 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 on the training side. So one of the biggest problem that across, you know, uh, the manufacturing, any old age industries, I mean, industrial in, in, in nature has been there. There's a 
constantly there is have been a skill gap that has been building building up because more and more talent is actually going to the new age you know industry like you know software they are all much more um, right. uh, appealing obviously the money is there right now mm. so old age they are kind of experience here big shortage of skilled skilled people because the people who are skilled they're slowly kind of going out of um, the labor market obviously they're retiring uh, they're the baby boomers primarily okay now the new um, new um, people who are coming in on new um, uh, talent that is kind of uh, coming in firstly they cannot operate in that old system right because they are not raised that way right so they are so much comfortable with the digital and all that so there is a obviously a push a internal push within that they need to be in, uh, in tandem with how the generation is coming up that is one but most importantly um, uh, we using ars because the ar with ar you can have as if you you have a private some you have an expert who is continuously helping you do something mm -hmm. the, for the for the same customer that i was talking about earlier so in terms of they have been able to um, so a, 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 a technician with one year of experience they have been able to outperform with those ar glasses somebody who had 4 to 5 years of experience and which usually i mean you pretty much like you're saving that 4 to 5 years and you're actually getting better results from the new fox than what you are getting from him just because you are being being able to use that tool and tools are what makes uh, you know <laughs> us different from other that is how that is what provides us the bounds uh, in a lips and bounds of um, uh, improvement that we have been continuously being able to do it right mm. um, the same story keeps playing right i mean um, i think steve jobs once said like uh, um computer is like bicycle of the mind right like using the just with cycle we could kind of humanity could jump in a in a such a huge way to beat a lot of like birds animals who were earlier faster than us right but mm -hmm. just with one tool we could kind of beat that right <laughs> similarly I mean, the same thing keeps on happening so we believe that ar is actually going to provide really ar obviously just let's not look at ar as a stand alone because we strongly believe it's going to be a convergence you're going to see <laughs> the cloud the ar and the ai capabilities converging and really providing this whole um, uh, the new age industry with capabilities which will be nothing sort of like providing like superpowers to your um, front end workers. Mhm. Mm okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and provide your insights into how augmented reality is continuing to grow in use and the benefits that it can provide. Awesome. Pleasure is all mine. Like happy to kind of share some of our experiences. and there is more i mean um, with this whole traction i think uh, we have more stories to share at the right time when we get the permission <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of oem industry update thank you again to dijam for providing his insights into the benefits and use cases for augmented reality and be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever changing industry